Oh, she looked at me. <laughs> That's just slow. <laughs> She's sleepy. Look at her. Yes, she wants now. girl. All right. Hello, and welcome to Point of Origin, episode 17, the podcast where I ask you what the hell the title of this episode even has to do, what it has to mean. I yeah, I respond what? with the same thing. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, literally. It was, I don't. I don't understand. I don't, yeah. I, like, I'm, I try to come up with, like, smartest responses, and even those fall short, because it's just, nope. <laughs> Maybe that's what the enigma is, is wondering why it's called enigma. It's a meta stupid joke. I don't, yeah. <laughs> the real enigma was the friends we made along the way. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Can we restart with me just saying that for the- <laughs> Once was enough. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I'm Mel. And she's very proud of herself. <laughs> I'm always proud when I make you make that face. Yeah. And I'm Liz. We're going to be covering episode, uh, was it 16? 16. 16, Enigma. Again, don't know why it's called that. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so, the synopsis. Let's see how good or bad this is. As long as it's not like last week's with the overabundance of dashes. Uh, no, no. There's no dashes in this. There we go. Well, I, th- there's one for SG-1. But... Oh, okay. That's, okay. That doesn't go. Here's the synopsis. The SG-1 team rescues a group of highly developed survivors from the cataclysmic planet of Tolan. To stop the legendary knowledge of the Tolan people from falling into the wrong hands, O'Neill and his team stake everything on the cross-universal rescue. What I love about this synopsis is actually a pretty decent one. Yeah, it's, it's but good. what I like is that they don't explain that from falling into the wrong hands is their own government. Right? It's not like they're protecting them from the gold or anything. No, it's just, oh shit, the government's going to take advantage of us. We're going to uh, get you off, off planet now. No. <laughs> what I like is I understand fully what they meant by super developed. Yeah. But it just makes you think of, um, okay, like there's an episode of Farscape where John, there's different versions of John made, mm-hmm. and one of them is, like, primitive, and then the other one's super advanced. Yeah. And the super advanced one, their uh, idea of, like, what humans could look like someday is basically the same, except their head is, like, kind of bulbous in the forehead region, but you can see all the um, ridges and lines of the, uh, I forgot what that part of the brain is called, like, the frontal? No, 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 the the, the squiggly bits of oh. the brain. I, I can't remember, I used to know what's wow, called. Wow, that seems highly unsafe yeah i mean it's kind of like it's pressed right against the skin and a little big extra big and the so skin is like you, sunk like, into the their forehead they would die it kind of looks like it yeah but the whole idea of it is like that's you know how much smarter we'd be and that's all i can think of this is super developed it just makes me think of a bunch of people with that forehead going on and it's just an well i mean the leader of the tolan certainly acts like that and yet he still comes to a better understanding with SG-1 than the Nox did. Strange. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's all I can think of. So it's like, I understand why they use the words, and I'm not, you know, complaining about it. But at the same time, I wish there was different word Advanced. choice. Yeah, just in general. Because super developed just makes me laugh. They said little. highly developed. First of all. Highly developed. It, it's just funny. But yeah. So uh, that's what episode we're going to be watching. I like how non-offensive, actually, that synopsis was. I know! Like, we had no complaints over that one. <laughs> In fact, I love the fact that they were subtle about what the actual danger was. They should have found out whoever wrote that one specifically. And just had them write all yes, of them. Yes, <laughs> exactly. 
that, you know, that's just not how life works. So. No, unfortunately not. Yeah. So we get Dash and McGee for the last episode. It's a good nickname. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Wow, yeah. That's a pretty lame intro for us. We're like just on point. <laughs> it, I guess it just tells you how much of our stuff stems from synopsis type shit mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know how much foreboding we have but this one's a pretty awesome episode but also really straightforward yeah and we've also talked a lot about it already from the yeah. Knox episode so it's like i feel at this point wasting more time with. about it yeah. in the intro we've already talked about it not yeah. all too much so i think the only the rest of the talk we should be doing about it is after we watch the yeah, episode no, good point all right so let's go do that yeah <laughs> So we're back. It's funny. This is actually the first episode where I've said in the beginning, oh, yeah, I've seen this episode a million times. I remember all the details. And at the end, I'm like, yeah, no, I actually remembered yeah. all the details. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know what? Okay, because I'm going to go right in real quick. Uh, so the writer uh, writer and director, we're going to do that real quick before we do. Yeah. Because I, what I want to say has to do with that. Okay, go so for the it. director is uh, William Garrity. We've had him before. Uh, when we saw him before, we were just kind of like, oh, well, he wasn't an egregious, but he wasn't, like, I impressive remember, either. I remember having pleasant but thoughts. But honestly, uh, we were pretty impressed with a lot of his shots in this oh, episode. seriously, yeah. He was, he was good. Yeah. Like, whatever he did last time, he, he doubled it this time, yeah. I think. Because I don't even remember what he I, did I remember, last like I said, time. having pleasant thoughts. Like, oh, yeah, kudos, I guess. You know, what you, is, you made this episode an episode. <laughs> I need to find out what he directed for before. Oh, uh, Broken Divide. Well, that explains why uh, Tupelo was used today. I mean, director, that doesn't really mean No, anything. but you uh, would know the character was, you know. Yeah, better. Broken Divide didn't really have anything that... But this one was really quite good. Yeah. So, like like I said, he, he really upped his game for this episode. But the reason I wanted to get into writer and director right away is because the writer for this episode is Catherine Powers. Originally our most maligned writer. I mean, I know we've already talked about her, you know, her other stuff, but I, it's impressive to me because... All the other problems aside, let's go with, um, oh my god, the one we hate. Oh, um, wow. I blanked it from my I, Apparently I have too. Emancipation. Emancipation, there we go. All the problems aside, the main huge problem is that the basic storyline principle is just terrible. Yeah. This one is a great story it's premise. so good. The whole actual core story is actually just terrific. Yeah. <laughs> I had no complaints about this storyline at all. No, it's accurate as fuck. So, like, you know what? I, you know, we've had quite a few Catherine Powers episodes at this point. I think this is her best by far. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I really, really enjoy this one. And I will say, like, because I figured out what her weakness was after Thor's hammer, part of what makes this such a good episode is that she didn't write any other women except for Sam. Yeah. Because that seems to be her weak point. Yeah, like, yeah. but but it was just it was a really good episode. There was nothing egregious with details. No. Um, it's just a really good, concise plot that has nice callbacks and like the the way this episode ends is just so perfectly tied in and just it's it's a good episode. I really enjoy this episode. I wouldn't say it's the best one I've seen so far, no, but it's one that's just thoroughly enjoyable the whole way through. Yeah. No, it really just is. Even when the fucking NID show up. Right. That doesn't take away from enjoying this episode because you know what's going to happen. Right. Plus, the thing is, is that, you know, the inherent lack of enjoyment that comes with the prospect of the NID as a concept, mm-hmm. as a whole, as a story point, it, they're very essential in creating oh, yeah. a story. And here's the thing. They're so well-crafted as a fictional group 
that you just fucking loathe them so much. And all it took was two minutes on screen. That speaks to how well they're crafted, really. The fact that we just, they came on and we were just like, oh, no, it's the NIDO, (laughs) fuckers. Which, speaking of, first official appearance of the NID. Yeah, and first appearance of Mayborn, who's oh, in this no. show for, I think, 12 episodes? I think 12 episodes over the series. Which, for a uh, government for... official coming in, is right. pretty pretty it's, big. It tells you something, because I actually knew the actor's name, because I remember him being <laughs> amazing. His name's Tom McBaith, and he is... So good at being slimy. So good at being slimy. I can't think of other stuff I've seen him in, but I know I've seen him in it, and I know each time I've seen him, I've been like... Yeah, now you're playing your part. <laughs> and it's funny, because you just know... Like, hell, just look at his face, you can see, like, laugh lines. Oh, yeah. You know he's, like, a really happy, yeah. chill kind of dude. But he's just really good at just turning into that weaselly... Yeah, he's such a good actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, Weasel... Uh, what was it? Uh, Weasel Town. Like, he, he would be the... He'd be the, pre- uh, the president of Weasel Town. <laughs> because, yeah, he does... He packs a lot of uh, loathe-worthy... Into a small package. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to just <laughs> lose my mind every time I see him on screen. All right. Let's go ahead and get into this, because this is a nice, concise episode. Yeah. There's not a whole... There's not a lot of wandering. No. It's... Uh, they're off planet once, and then they're in SGC the rest of the episode. Yeah. So, episode starts with a terrible matte painting. <laughs> And yeah. CGI Ash. Yeah. No, guy, no, I was like, I, I, I said it, I was like, I know it's 97, but Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it's off planet. Team comes through the gate to find a, a volcano or several. Yeah, volcanic shit shore. Yeah, shit, shit, shit storm. storm. La la la. Yeah, I say, uh, my, my notes say volcanic event. Yeah, there we go. My my first note says, because they come through and God. Daniel asks, what is that falling from the sky? And we both just went like, it's Ash, <laughs> dumb. Mass. That's that's the one that's the one moment in this episode where I was like, "Come on, Catherine, come on!" I was just like, "No, that's just so stupid." You would know what fucking ash is, especially when you are surrounded by volcanoes. Especially for someone who travels all the time for his job. There's nothing logical about that line. It's just I'm trying terrible. to think of anyone on that team that it would make sense to ask that. And it's funny because the clo the, the the I don't think any on that team would actually ask that question. But out of any of them, I feel like Jack is the only Maybe, one yeah. who I would believe. Yeah. And even then, I'd be like Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I have two flaws, like flaws, in this episode. That line is one, uh-huh. and then the, the next flaw is right after that, and then immediately followed up by a great thing because it's um they're you know inspecting the pe- they find people. Yeah, well, Daniel, yeah. Uh, Daniel finds the first one. Yeah, and they're noticing that some of them are dead. And already. some are alive. Yeah, and <laughs> ja- Daniel says the line about, it's just like, Pompeii, everyone's suffocated. And uh, before the lava started to flow. There was part of that that I already kind of, I was like, I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate when it happened. Except that actually there was very little lava. Because if there had been a lot of lava, we wouldn't have Pompeii. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how that works. There was actually, from what I read, there's a documentary I saw. There was a town, a much more uh, luxurious villa type town, more uh-huh. like in Hamptons. <laughs> type. Yeah. That was actually up the mountain and a lot closer to the original flow. Most of those people died way shittier. Oh, yeah. Boiling to death kind of thing, you know, from, um, they found most of their bodies, uh, skeletal remains, that's it. Oof. In, um, like, a couple of, like, uh, was it, like, spa houses or something. Mm-hmm. But that's all they found. They didn't find, like, the same shit they found in Pompeii, because they were a lot closer. Those yeah. ones got fucked uh. up by the lava. Pompeii, not so much. But here's the, actually the thing about it is, um, I was looking, you know, at the trivia. Uh-huh. And it's pretty funny, because I forgot about that documentary, actually, until the, until I read this. The whole thing was that he makes a point talking about how to die of suffocation. That was actually a theory we used to have. 
back when this episode exactly. happened. Uh, most of those theories have actually been completely uh, overwritten. Now we're pretty damn sure that uh, a pyroclastic cloud, uh, there was a few surges. Uh, there were six, mm-hmm. apparently. <laughs> and they think that the fourth one is actually what killed everybody. It was a really big, big puff of hot air. Oh, yeah, that would do it. Yeah, it just... Just roast you. <laughs> and that's why a lot of people, um, when they found that, you know, because everyone knows Pompeii for the remains kind of be like, yeah, what they like were doing at that time. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same shit I remember hearing as a kid. Somebody told me once, oh yeah, and you can find like bowls of grapes on the tables and you can see each individual grape perfectly sculpted. It's like, really? And years later, I was like, no, nah, it's all bullshit. No. <laughs> I don't know who fucking told her that, but that was wrong. None of that shit, but you can, we, we all know this. It's the whole thing that like, people were like, middle of doing something yeah. and then dead. <laughs> and then, sculpted, quote-unquote, by the ash that covered mm-hmm. them. So, his line made sense for Back 1997. Then, yeah. <laughs> we can't blame him for that. Yeah. <laughs> or Catherine Powers, right. honestly. But him asking, things. what is that falling yeah. from the sky? We can blame yeah. her for that. And Come a lot of things we, are, we already knew, so she should, that, that line wasn't the best. But I loved how it was immediately followed by Jack, you know, it's like, how long do we have until we're fucked, you know, kind of thing. And, and, and Sam, Sam says, says, I'm not a volcanologist. Well, it could be, it could be a few hours, it could be a few days, there's no way to know. That's actually true. Yeah. That's the whole thing about volcano, uh, volcano, the G. It's the thing about volcanoes, they're yeah. extremely unpredictable. Like, you can figure it out with, you know, but you have to have yeah. a lot more information. I do love that Sam was just kind of like, that's not my field, Jack. Yeah, what are like, you? It could literally be anything. Volcanoes don't like to give you lots of warning. <laughs> they just do their thing and you just get to deal with it. So basically, they're all checking all the bodies, figuring out which ones are dead, calling them out anytime they find a survivor. Or, or... I like how many people were on that planet, too, considering how their job was just to close the case. Yeah. <laughs> like, make sure that job got done, I guess. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> in case anyone wussed out or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they're, honestly, I'm the team reacted really quickly to just, oh. like, spreading out and, and very... Um, very professionally with just like calling out this one's dead. Yep. Found a survivor. It just it was I I really appreciated the way they just It was methodical and on point. It's clearly something that's been planned before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, oh shit, let's figure out what we're doing. Scramble. No, this is something that has that has like there's a set thing that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've never had to do it before now, right. but they still know this is what you're supposed to do. So they all just immediately start doing that. And I just love that everyone's like gently like, you know, like brushing off ash. <laughs> and Jack, then Jack walks up and then just goes <laughs> if Daniel saw that, the archaeologist in him would shrivel up and I die. Know, I know, because they're all just so delicately. I, just, I wish we had like, I wish we had like five more seconds of that episode. Maybe if we took out the bit of what's that falling from the sky? If we took out that stupid line, to have. Jack do that, and then Daniel turn and look at him across the way with this disbelieving look, and Jack be like, what? what? <laughs> and the pain in Daniel's yeah, eyes. Just that, please. The opening's got a lot going for it. It's got a couple of things, but even then it's, you know, small mm-hmm. shit. It's all over pretty quickly, and then it's completely overwhelmed for me just with the... <laughs> <laughs> but then, so, uh, Sam's checking on one person, and one of the survivors actually lifts his head up a little bit and sees her. I like how you almost choked on your drink just remembering this image. So basically that, that cliche of, like, you're... you're quote-unquote dying or, like, injured or whatever, and you see someone beautiful and you have, like, the angelic light and the angelic music, that happens. He looks at Sam and there's a slight slow-mo and the ash falling behind her looks more like snow. And And despite the fact that the only light that that should be there is blue light from the gate, there's, like, a Which is already closed at that point. No, it's still open. No, they're already closed behind them. 
Then where was the blue light coming? I oh, don't know. Oh, that was the lightning. Oh, okay. okay. The lightning. The there was lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thing, yeah. So, so, but that's blue. There should not be a soft purple light behind her, but there is. I mean, to be fair, he was, you know, oxygen deprived and everything. And there's literal <laughs> angel choir music behind her. It's just so funny. We cracked up. Yeah, that, and that holds just, up. And then he just collapses again. <laughs> just, you get just two seconds of, oh. Oh. And then the guy that Sam's trying to help at that moment uh, tells her, don't help us. And she gives him a really confused look. Horrified and confused. And then doesn't listen. <laughs> Next thing we get, the team has brought everyone alive they could find back through. And they're all, you know, getting rushed in to get treated and everything. They figure out from the equipment on the people how advanced they are. Yeah. So, like, this is technology we've never seen before. Uh, and Daniel points out that, because uh, Hammond... Uh, Hammond makes some comment about, like, oh, well, aren't they originally from here, too? Like, I thought we ta- talked about this. Humans all come from Earth. <laughs> and Daniel points out that the Dark Ages, which were 800 years? Yep, they were 800 years. That if it wasn't for that, we would already be colonizing space. And that's actually fairly accurate. It was He said that all <laughs> science was considered heresy. It wasn't specifically that all science was considered heresy. It was that the Catholic Church had its set yeah. Of teachings, of doctrine, and anything that, that went against that contradicted it was immediately punishable by literally anything they came up with. Oh yeah, usually death, but usually there was some sort of bullshit. First off, you know, they, 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 if you depending on how, like your stature in society, they give you a chance to like recant. Yeah, usually, but even then, I mean, there's that famous story of Galileo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on his deathbed, he went. Fuck you, I was right. <laughs> he waited till the he end. He can't do nothing about it now. <laughs> yeah, he you know, recanted, quote unquote. And then a few years later when he was dying, went like, to the guy giving him last rites, by the way, went, also no. <laughs> it, it's it's the same feel as um, Happy Death Day 2. Yeah. the Where she where she skydives out of uh, in her underwear mm-hmm. and does the... the uh, Flipping the bird right in front of the kissing couple right before she died. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That kind of shit. <laughs> it's literally that the whole feeling. Yeah. But yeah, so anytime that, anytime that kind of shit happened, Copernicus, mm. same thing. They, yep. yeah, I think he was actually thrown in jail for that because he was high enough in standing that they that couldn't, they just, couldn't just kill him. But yeah, the whole thing was that the Catholic Church ruined life <laughs> for a very long time. And uh, mean, that's what you, they... You mean they stopped? Well, the only good thing <laughs> that ever came from the Dark Ages was the end of it with the Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they go and talk to the people. Okay. Uh, they meet the leader of their, that group of people, whose name is Omak, and he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like, there's two ma- major dicks in this episode. It's Omak and, uh, Mayborn. <laughs> but I love Omak, and I hate Mayborn. Yeah. Omak is just, like, enjoyable in his dickishness. Like, you can just... And also, even from the very first scene where Daniel is, you can see he's already kind of like, oh no. Oh no, just... <laughs> Because Daniel makes some like really earnest puppy dog yeah, comment. I'm a bit of a culture buff. Yeah, I want to like, know, yeah. Yeah, I think it's because he said culture. Like, he clearly has no fucking care about their technology. He doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't twitch because he the almost whole twitches. Thing, the whole thing is that he's like demanding to be sent back because he's very much like, no, you just want our technology. You want, you, you just want to steal from us and keep us prisoner, blah, 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 blah. But then they're like, well, well we can't send you back right now because it's dangerous. Uh, we'll send you back as soon as it's safe. And then Daniel does the, but in the meantime, I'm a bit of a culture. <laughs> and he just, like, 
so excited. It's so funny because aside from when they have Sam talking with Nareem, for obvious reasons, um, anytime they go and talk with Omak, Daniel's always over Hammond's shoulder Just like, <laughs> every time. They never go visit Nautolan without Daniel being, like, lingering. And He's like an inquisitive porcupine. I feel like Hammond actually saw Omak's, like, double take with Daniel and was like, oh... I mean, he's, I need him as a buffer. <laughs> he figured how to use, how to quote use Sam for this, and he's gonna quote use Daniel for the other part of it. You know, he's a general who, you know, is gonna use his advantages. It's funny because you could actually see Omak hesitate before he does his dickish answer. <laughs> he's like, fuck. <laughs> like, I guess that almost twitch. It's like, yeah, like a, it's, I, it's like a spiritual twitch because his whole body wants to but also doesn't, and so it's just shit. No, I'm gonna look away from him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna look at this guy. He's clearly a leader. He's got like he he does plans and like underhand and shit. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> I love Daniel's whole. I I love Daniel interacting with Omak every freaking time. It's just so good. And there's a little bit of a scene cut, and uh, Sam is prepping a UAV to go through to check on the planet to see if they can send the Tolan back through. And Daniel comes up with his ever-present cup of coffee. I feel like there had to be actual coffee in there, and Michael Shanks is just like, I need this. <laughs> That's always my problem with, you know, these guys, everyone's problem is always like, you can tell how empty a cup is. I never really get that feel from No, me. I feel like he has real coffee in there. Or maybe the... <laughs> Dude, if they can't convince Michael Shanks to constantly and consistently wear his glasses, <laughs> I guarantee you they could not convince him to not actually have coffee on I like set. how we thought it was season two that this started being a problem. No, season one, he still finds every reason. Season two is specifically in the hair that yeah. became the problem. He definitely still wears his glasses in season one, but he does find any excuse to take them off for a little while. Yep. Season two, he almost never has them on, and season three, he has a new pair. So clearly season one and season two's glasses were uncomfortable and Michael Shanks was not having it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Probably because they they went for like the most dorkiest pair they could find. They were really wide. Yeah, I bet they were just kind of constantly in his way. Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly, because the new, the new ones in season three were much smaller. Yeah, still kind of looked like dorky uh, literature type glasses, <laughs> but less cumbersome. Yeah. But, uh, so he comes up, Daniel comes up while she's dealing with the UAV, and uh, basically does, like, a little wingman insinuation that one of the Tolan has a crush on her. He doesn't say it in words, but it's all in his body language and in his voice. He's just so amused. He's like, yeah, someone's got a crush on you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh... Which is how level. they should be acting instead of the way as a party wanted to frame them as a couple last I know, episode. I, I like how they went right back to the normal dynamic of just normal. And, like, side-eyeing as a party, like, what were you doing? <laughs> No, it was great, because he walks up, he's, you know, talking to her all palsy as she's playing with the uh, UAV, which is the first time you see one in the show, by the yeah. way. Yeah. It's awesome. And we only had mouths before now. Yeah. And what's really fun about it is he comes up and he says, yeah, the guy was asking a lot of questions about you. And she goes, oh, I thought they didn't want to talk to us. He goes, oh, I didn't say us. I, I said, said you. you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just so happy and casually, he's though. He's so it's, happy it's for her. for their correct mm -hmm. dynamic. And then Hammond takes her to go meet the guy. And even Hammond can tell this guy has a crush on Sam, but he's doing a more professional, subtle, like... Yep. <laughs> like, he's, again, like, I'll take advantage of this. The same way that he saw how Omak kind of hesitated with Daniel's earnestness and was like, I'm gonna keep bringing Daniel with me when I talk to the Tolan. Right. He does the same thing where he's like, oh, this guy's got a crush on Sam. Yeah, you'll probably get more out of him than any of us, Sam. <laughs> so Sam takes him up to the surface to have a little walk. While I can talk, he gets amazed to see a bird. 
Yeah, like he was a flying animal, and she's just like, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> I just like, granted, and it's not like, you know, bird calls are really that different from like your, you know, hunter bird of prey. But type. you were happy they actually used they the They actually right. used an eagle cry. Because, um, you know, my, my, where my parents live is a protected area for bald eagles, so they're everywhere, and you get to hear them all the well, time. Well, you know what? That is actually pretty impressive, because a lot of times when you're supposed to have an eagle cry, they use, like, a red-tailed hawk sound uh, Exactly, it's always, like, a hawk sound, and it's, like, it's a, it's a little more shrill when it's mm-hmm. a hawk. You know what I think that is, that they use red ha- red-tailed hawk sounds mm-hmm. a lot? Because they're very common in California. Maybe. And Hollywood. Has had it's kind of like how, forward. um... How everyone, all the frog sounds that you get in movies and TV shows is a ribbit, despite the fact that that is not the most common frog sound, but it's the most common frog sound near Hollywood. It gets the point across. That's but all it's, I care but about. It's, the, it's the most common one near Hollywood. Yep. So that's the one that they use all the time, because that's what they have exposure to. So I think it might be the same thing. Yeah. But they didn't do it this time, and that's all I'm happy about. Yeah, it's nice, pretty good. pretty normal bald eagle sound. Not because they were in Washington, not Washington. Colorado? Uh, no, they weren't in Colorado. They were filming in uh, Vancouver. Canada, yeah. is what I meant to say. That might be why they didn't fall into the uh, trap of using, like, California animal noises. Maybe. But while they're talking, he explains to her... Oh, he, like, does, like, that, like, self-deprecating, um, like, oh, I, I'm so silly. You know, when it, when it, uh, when I was... Dying. Dying. <laughs> I almost thought, I don't remember what he called. I always, uh, yeah, it was like Shira or something. Sure. But Some he's, he's doing like that kind word. of, that joking, like, where he's he's confessing his crush, basically, but doing it like a jokey way, like, don't take this seriously or anything. And back when we, when we were stupid and primitive, we yeah. used to believe in these things that like would come religion. to you. Like religion. Yeah, we used to come, we used to think that we believed in these things that would come to us at your death and take you to your home. And, and she's like, oh, oh, we call those angels. angels. He's like, oh, you still believe in that stuff? She's like, well, some, some do. <laughs> to be fair, I also like how she says it, which is, okay, like, you know, it's easy for us because, I mean, we like to think that we're pretty smart and <laughs> don't, you know, believe in religion. The thing is, is that too often in shows, there's too much of a derisional tone. Yeah, yeah. And so no, some, she's somebody just very, like, like respectful yes, on either. Some do. Yeah, but she does with a smile, pleasantly. You know, she's not judging anybody that does. No. And I, I can appreciate that mentality. But I do love the uh, parallel of him explaining, oh, yeah, when we were less advanced, we had religion. <laughs> More yeah. or less, that's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, in As a parallel to Daniel's, oh, yeah, if we hadn't had the Dark Ages, we'd be colonizing space right now. It's just this nice little, this little message that Catherine Powers seems to want to send. Can you imagine if a, a world where people have religion, but don't feel the need to <laughs> oppress or prosecute others for not having Persecute others for having their beliefs. It's like, huh, weird. People just accepting that other people might believe different things. Yeah. Huh. Crazy. But yeah, so they have their cute little date. Then they come back down and the UAV is sent through. And it's determined that, God, the, the, the ground is, what was it, like 1600 degrees Fahrenheit? Something Very fucking crazy. hot. <laughs> Very fucking Insane. hot. Insane. Uh, and she t- she. There's something about, like, pockets of smog or whatever. Uh, Poisonous. Yeah. Toxic, toxic. Toxic air. And Jack makes this great comment about, oh, sounds like, like L.A. LA. <laughs> Which is disgusting. But yeah, I, I said we were watching it, so my mother used to tell me stories. She used, she used to live in L.A. in the 80s, and she talked about how there used to be 
these sirens that would go off on really bad smog days. And if you heard the siren, you knew not to go outside that day. And it's like, that's disgusting. If you live in a place where they say, don't go outside, mm-hmm. you could, like, die. See, I didn't live in L.A., but I lived in the valley near L.A. So a lot of times we'd get, like, as that smog left L.A., it would go go where I was. Gross. Not nearly as bad as L.A., because obviously gross. it has more time and space to distribute and yeah. spread out. But, yeah. We got a lot of the uh, offshoot. From... The idea of not being able to leave my home because it's the air is too gross is just pathetic. Yeah. It's amazing this plant's lived as long as it has. <laughs> so they basically determine that uh, within, like, what was it, a day or two, the lava is going to overtake the gate and just, there's going to be no more gate. And then the Tolan are like, oh, well, cool. The planet managed to do what we failed to do. Cool. And they find out, oh, you were going to close the gate. <laughs> And um, Omak points out that, like, their planet is one in Cataclysm, uh, and they wanted to make sure nobody else accidentally came through their planet and got hurt. Yeah. Which is admirable. Yeah. Although like, he's I, a dick, but it's still an admirable... I can't help but wonder, granted, granted, <laughs> it, the likelihood of this is extremely low, but I can't help but wonder if part of him was also going, and no one could come through and dig up our shit and find, like, technology they're not supposed to have, or so on and so forth. Because who knows what got left behind. Yeah, but, um, on the other hand, like, the whole reason they're against sharing their technology is literally because of, like, that cataclysm yeah. and stuff. So I definitely, it, it could be both. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But I definitely feel like that cataclysm, uh, the danger aspect is a, oh, is, part of it. is the biggest, the biggest part. Of it. Yeah, part. no, 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 definitely part absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Definitely, but I can't have a, more, a tiny bit of that to him also just going like, plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he doesn't need to point that out. Exactly. Because, like, he's already told them, I don't want to give you technology. Yep. He also probably doesn't think any other cultures would be able to backwards compatible. Right, yeah, it's just that moment of, <laughs> that's not the highest concern, which really is, is we don't want people to die unnecessarily. They find out that the planet that the Tolan were going to go to does not have a gate, and they'd have to get there with a ship, and SGC has to admit, well, we, we don't really have ships like that. Yet. They will. Yeah, I like how she go, uh, Sam goes, uh, our space program is uh, relatively new. And it's like, it's a really adorable way of saying we go up maybe three times a year. <laughs> <laughs> and so they have no way of getting the Tolans to the planet they're supposed to go to. Uh, and obviously the Tolans don't want to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, is the understatement. <laughs> well, because at first, Holmes like, so you're gonna keep, and they're like, no, we'll find somewhere else yeah, for you like, to go. We're just if you don't want to be dead. here. We will find somewhere else that you can go that is safer. Because they have a lot of friends. Uh, at from the past fifteen episodes. episodes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how many plans? It was like forty-four. Was I remember one of the plans? And that's obviously higher <laughs> since then. So yeah, let's let's go with a few dozen. Yeah. So um, they offer to send the Tolan to an ally. So they start reaching out to their allies to find out if anyone's willing to take... Some refugees. Yeah, some refugees. <laughs> Sam gives Kareem? Nareem. 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 Um, I, I didn't have his name until my second page of notes, so my, my first page of notes when I'm referencing this him is says Boy Toy. Boy Toy, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Sam gives Boy Toy her, the cat Schrodinger. And then, I like how and she... Then, like, her dork laugh. Yeah, her dork like, laugh. Oh, yeah, Schrodinger. Schrodinger. <laughs> And then doesn't, <laughs> and then realizes <laughs> that, like, why would he know what Schrodinger is? So then she has to explain the source of the name Schrodinger. And I do love that when she's explaining the hypothetical, that moment of horror where, why would you, why would you expose a cat to, to dangerous chemicals like that? And she's going, oh, no, no, it's a hypothetical. You don't actually do 
Yeah. I love every time you explain that story to um, another race. And yeah, they're, they're always, always like, like, why, why would you do, do that? that? <laughs> it's like, theory. <laughs> what I actually like about that is because there's um, you know, uh, some trivia on that, too. I didn't actually think about it at the time. They're talking about mm-hmm. it, and he says that, oh, it's based on what they, he has a name for. And she goes, oh, we call it quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. And... Then he goes, oh yeah, it's a, it's a misconception. And she she says, you're telling me you guys have solved this. Yeah. According to this, it's actually a good point. Though impressed by his, you know, miscon- you know his whole thing, Carter's actually incorrect. Nareem has in fact only indicated that the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics is incorrect. Other interpretations of quantum mechanics exist, including the many worlds interpretation that posits the existence of parallel universes. Mm-hmm. So she's actually a little overzealous there. Although that actually is explainable in the episode, the idea that she's just really excited in this yeah. moment. Because somebody just told her that Schrodinger's cat is a misconception. <laughs> yeah. Which indicates a level of intelligence that would make me just launch ahead a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's... Because what it... I think maybe... Because she's saying you, you solve quantum mechanics. I think... In a way, you could take that to actually be true, because they've determined, well, this theory is wrong. Exactly. So, in a way, yeah, they did. They're yeah. like, no, that theory's wrong. This is the actual real yeah. theory. We've, we've figured out what is and what isn't. <laughs> yeah. So, it still works. Yeah, it still works, yeah. Like I said, it's... it's <laughs> I can see it being a thing. <laughs> yeah, so she's getting all excited about that. And so, of course, Omak the Cockblocker shows up and doesn't even say anything. He just... Stares at Nareem over Sam's shoulder, and Nareem just shuts up like, "Oops." <laughs> I know. I do love the look, the eye, like the one eyebrow raised, like, "What you doing? <laughs> what you doing, horny boy?" <laughs> and then Sam realizes, "Oh, okay, I'm I'm gonna leave now." <laughs> I know, her, it's funny. Nareem looks a little worried, like, "Oh shit, my boss is on to me." But she has like the kind of like chastised daughter look, yeah. a little bit like, "Oops." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so she leaves, and Nareem's like, I-, I didn't tell her anything. Which, to be fair, he didn't really. I know. He didn't even say which theory was correct. He exactly. just said Schrodinger was not. Yeah, and, it's, and she was the one who said things. Uh, During the night, at one point, the tolling disappear, mm-hmm. and SGC panics, sends fucking dogs out to go look for him. Yeah, that might have been a bit that over- That was ridiculous. I, on one hand, Omak's only been, like, combative, so, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, but they find them just on top of the It is the military, mountain. too. Yeah. Restraint isn't exactly their uh, prerogative. And they find them just on top of the planet. Not on planet. On top of the mountain. Just looking up at the sky. That's all they're doing. Yeah. They're not trying to do anything else. What I and Amok even says, he's like, we just wanted to see the stars. What I love, though, <laughs> is that scene where they find the Tolan, and... <laughs> There's this whole group of aliens, right? And they're all kind of looking a little wary, a little, like, worried. And Omak and just, like, center, I knew it. That look at his face of just, like, oh, would you look at that? They he found did it on my purpose. clever yeah. It's like the whole thing is just he him wanted proving to prove, a point. Yeah, it was all about him proving a point. When I say it's a character flaw, it's not actually a flaw in, like, the character design or anything. It is no, a, it's it's a, a character yeah. flaw of Omak, the character, the person, because... That is a user thing to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He, that could have resulted... He doesn't know what might have potentially gone wrong One of there. his people could have gotten exactly. hurt. Exactly. People could have gotten Which hurt Which he does... You, you can see later on, he does care about his exactly. people. But in that moment, proving his point was of uh-huh. a higher priority to him. Well, it's like um, when we were watching the Nox, we compared them a lot to the Nox. There's definitely a big difference between them in that, like, the Tolan were originally human. Mm-hmm. And you can see a lot more of humanity's flaws in them. The Nox were never human. They're... Yeah. Thank you for stepping on my foot, Troy. <laughs> the Nox were never human. They are another race. So there is a more alien nature to their superiority. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Omok's superiority 
is just much more familiar and identifiable. Yeah. You can see all of the, the, she just really wants my lap right now. Yeah. You can see her. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, try better. Okay. But you can see where all of the motivations are coming from for uh coming from for him mm-hmm. whereas the Knox, when we were when we were watching it we're just like there's no reason behind this you people are unreasonable <laughs> like it's easier to understand omoth than yeah. it is the Knox. pretty much yeah but i do like <laughs> how they're all like upright looking and he's kind of head down just a little bit just like and he's oh. like so we are prisoners yeah because he wanted to prove a point but i like how if, if they hadn't done that that may not have been such an aggressive response, and they may have had more quote-unquote freedoms up until yeah, after right? that point. By proving his point, he also kind of forced their hand a little, and it's just like, dude. <laughs> uh, so the next day, the people from the Broken Divide episode show up. Gerard Plunkett's back. And it's cute, because, like, uh, all the military dress up in their dress in their I do dress love the blues, respect. It's serious, and the people but... from the Broken Divide also clearly dressed on up. On the finery. It was like, this was a, they were, there was mutual respect on both sides. The Broken Divide people were so just genuinely nice. open and welcoming. I know. And, they, yeah, the Toller's sitting there, he, you know, Gerard Punk, Tupelo, <laughs> gets up and goes, this is our planet, we have lots of food, we have clean air, big meadows, uh, well, bountiful fish in our rivers and shit. And this is a nice, happy place where we have people that care. Please, join us. And, and what does Pricky uh, McAsshole do? They're far too primitive. They're even more primitive than you, asshole. And it's just so <laughs> insulting. What I love is he says to uh, Tupelo, he goes, um, you don't know who or what we are. And the guy kind of pauses for a second and goes, you know that you're in need. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> like, Because he's just like... <laughs> Well, he doesn't even have that because he 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 seems still genuinely confused yeah. by the the um, hostility. He's just yeah. like you're in need. Yes, we don't. And our friends yeah. asked for our help. It's not important who you are. But I love the fact that like, like for the broken divide people, for these incredibly primitive people, this is an obvious thing for them. But Omok just doesn't think that doesn't can't conceive of this. Yeah. You don't know who we are. Why would you invite us? Because you're in need and our friends the right ask thing to for do. help. It's like somebody asks us a pretty easy favor. There's like ten of you. Omak is the most planet. advanced person in this room and he can't understand this. It's really good. It's a really good yeah. framing. But it also, you know, it, it's just another additional way to show an, an extra <laughs> detail to an old episode where that, that Tupelo guy is obviously a great leader. A really good leader because he's yeah. very generous of spirit. But in the fact that he's able to do like your cost ratio crap there, he goes, well, we have a whole planet. There's like ten of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go camp by a river or stay with us. Either way, it's not going to affect us much, but it will affect you. Yeah. Positively. Mm-hmm. So, come. <laughs> but Omog basically just says, fuck no, we're not going that yeah, far. Yeah, that guy does it as insultingly as possible, too. I and even Hammond so just looks so mad that like, he insulted bitched, their friends. Yeah, like, you just bitched out our friends. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't have to come here to do this, and you couldn't have been just even a little gracious. So, there's another scene cut, and uh, Nareem is talking with uh, Sam again. and Flirting with Sam again. Yeah. Uh, and try- Oh, it's uh, it's when she's explaining bed, bed sheets to him. Yeah, it's so cute. Ow. <laughs> Hit my axe handle. <laughs> Um, and he basically tries to explain to her why Omak is this prickly and this, um, unfriendly about- Like he says he can be harsh. I'm like, that's a nice way of putting it. (laughs) Diplomatic way of putting it. Um, he basically explains that in their past, when they went out, you know, exploring space space and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when they found another planet that was habited, uh, nearby- 
that had people about as advanced as Earth is now. And they tried to share their technology with them in a friendly way. And they gave them, like, an unending power source. Yeah, kind of like a ZPM, I'm thinking, but... I was thinking better, of, even, um, ZPMs do eventually run out. I was mm-hmm. thinking of the, uh, Iron Man, uh... Oh, like a, an arc reactor. The arc reactor, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> so let's do it. Something like that. When they gave them this power that was supposed to be, you know, used for beneficial things or whatever... These people immediately turned into a weapon and destroyed themselves in a day. Yeah, that's why I've never understood about the warlike nature of humanity in general, people in general, is mm-hmm. the idea that you have this power source, right? You clearly don't understand, like you can't. Mm-hmm. And your first thought is weapons, great, dandy, whatever. And if you don't understand a power source, that would go, has such massive potential to go bad so fast. The fact these people were so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what's interesting, what's, uh, great about this show is they revisit this again later with the Nequantria episode. Yeah, exactly. Because the same exact things happen. The same yeah. exact thing happens. They're messing with Nequantria uh, faster than they should because of a threat of another uh, an- another nation. Yeah, it's it's something about humanity, like a real life thing yeah. about us that I've never been able to understand where it's you're so quote greedy for power that you literally overlook the fact that you don't understand something. Mm-hmm. And when you don't understand something, you open yourself up to so much pain and, and, and problems and everything. Mm-hmm. I just, I could never understand, especially going straight to weapons like that, I could never imagine doing that when I couldn't, when I don't understand the, the threshold. Yeah. Because I then, all I, could, all I could think is, my first thought in life is, okay, what happens if anything goes wrong? Because that's how I know, is this worth doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if, I, if, if it's unending questions of what could go wrong, you know what, maybe no. Maybe not. Maybe yeah, I want maybe, to maybe not. But these people never seem to have that thought. That's just terrifying. Sad and terrifying. Yeah. So, with how uh, harshly Omak dismissed uh, the Broken Divide people, was it Sam herself that offers asylum? Yeah, she I talks mean, about the refugees thing, which yeah, hurt she me. Says, I know, yeah. Uh, let's, let's not talk about that. Basically, she says, hey, we take in uh, refugees all the time. Um, yeah, America takes off- in thousands yeah. of refugees. No, we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Um... If any of you want to stay, we can offer you asylum. Yeah, yeah, you have to request it, but that means you can stay, because that's and how our country works. You can see, actually, in, like, these background actors, that it's not just Nareem that's kind of considering yeah. it. You can see a couple of them looking at each other like, hmm, you know? Uh, but before anything really comes of that, she basically just lays down the option. Uh, and then we get a uh, cut back up to... Uh, like the briefing room where the computers are and everything, where they finally managed to get uh, their cameras working to see yeah. how the Tolan got out the first time. And they see that they have some sort of technology that basically like warps the walls so that they don't exist anymore. You can still see them. Yeah. Basically, it's like, you know, putting them on another phase. Yeah, it's like, like yeah, phase shifting, basically. Yeah. And then they just walk through the walls and they have a couple uh, videos of them doing that several different times. So they know how they got out now. They don't know how the technology works, but they know they have it and can do that. Just in time for the NID to show up. Yay! <laughs> Fucking Mayborn. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so Mayborn's uh, just like, hey, these people are mine. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. Then, you know, he shows up and everyone's like, where's Candy? Oh, he was promoted. Um, talk about failing, failing upwards. upwards. <laughs> it's like that sums up most of the military right there. I <laughs> love how Mayburn didn't even seem like offended for Kennedy. You can tell Mayburn also doesn't like Kennedy. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's gone, but guess what? I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's suitably pissy with Mayborn. Um, 
they're like, you can't take these people against their will. He says, oh, they don't have any any rights with our our you know our government. And Daniel points out, how about basic human rights? Because hey, guess what? They are human. Yeah. I like, and I just, the way Daniel says he's it. He's so mad. He's is, so offended I for them. I feel it. That's the shit that pisses me off, is it's mm. still a human being. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hell, let's just say we live in a universe where we have more than one species. It is a live, sentient, sapient creature. Mm-hmm. I believe for sentient creatures. Animals deserve to be treated better than they're treated. It is alive mm. and feels pain. Yeah. Therefore, therefore, you have no right to do this. By the simple laws of life, go Did fuck you yourself. you say air four because you were about to say ergo? <laughs> so you just combine the two. Air four. Air four. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I got there. <laughs> so I do love that even Hammy gets pissy with this guy, and he's, oh, he just totally, because this guy is just being snotty to him and yeah. everything, and, oh, I love how Hammond's like, I don't believe the president would want any of them to go through until they've been through quarantine. I like the way he, like, sounds it out, too, just to be actually bitchy mm-hmm. about it. Just quarantine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then he basically, the guy's just really snotty with him about, oh, I have the president, the president's word on this, blah, 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 blah. I have the full authority of the president. And I don't, I don't have, I don't have the full phrase that he says to Mayborn, but he emphasizes at the end of it, Colonel. <laughs> so do I. And I wasn't asking Mayborn, I was giving you an order. Oh. Colonel. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's just so good. And the instant insecure twitching of eyes that Mayborn has, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Hammond is so done with the NIE just stepping in here and acting like they're in charge. He's furious. It's a key facet of Hammond that he is not by nature intimidating, <laughs> but it does not in mean that he cannot moment, be. Oh, dear lord. Yeah, I was like, yes, Hammond. Shit. I love him. Um, And I do love that after uh, after Mayborn leaves the room, everyone's like talk, trying to talk out this issue or whatever, and Daniel just gets really mad because he's like, "It's not just the NID anymore; it's the president himself too." I voted for him. I'm so know. betrayed. <laughs> that right there is, it's I get it. Like you want you vote for these people thinking these are these are the decisions that they should be making. Yeah, but also part of him is kind of like slapping himself a little bit because he's just like, "But of course he's doing this uh-huh. because it's more than just." These are these are those difficult decisions, yeah. and of course they're gonna do what he thinks is right. Quote. But I, but I do love that after Mayborn leaves, they point out, "Hey, didn't Janet already clear them for quarantine?" And Hammond goes, "Yeah, just make sure Janet doesn't tell Mayborn that." Like, yeah, it's like eh, once well, again, we're not gonna talk to her. He's like, I, "I bought us a day with that." Just just <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's that subtle. Just and uh, Hammond tries to call the president to talk this out, and. For once, it does not work. Because the president's a little bitch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, 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 and even Hammond's, like, really, like, betrayed yeah. by it. It's he seems very disappointed in the president. Because well, the president's subscribing to that same bullshit that Mayborn was spouting, which is <laughs> when, you know, they still have uh, rights, and, you know, based on, do they? They have no uh, government jurisdiction or whatever. It's like, okay. So, I like how we're just selective when we give a shit. Yeah. It only, it's only, it's only about rights when it doesn't when it benefits you yeah, yeah. or vice versa. So yeah, I'd be disappointed in a president too who selectively just decides that people aren't people. Especially because he's friends with the president. That's like a yeah. friend let you down. Yeah. It's like, wow, I now have to I'm never not gonna be able to see this in you. Yeah. I now know who you are more. <laughs> and he and keeps getting bad, disappointed yeah, by the president. This is a bad thing about you that you don't 
care. You claim to, but yeah. you're a liar. So they fi- basically figure out, well, we can't. The president has said, yeah, they're going with them. Uh, but the team's like, we're not. We're not going to let this happen. So they call Hammond up to the surface. And Hammond's like, why did you call me out here? He's like, and they're like, Mayborn is not here. <laughs> and they basically say, hey, we can't let the NID take him. And Hammond says, okay, but I talked to the president and I couldn't change his mind. So if we go against this, that's court-martialable. And then Jack just goes, Daniel can't be, can't, can't yeah. be court-martialed. He's like, I don't care almost, <laughs> but that isn't relevant. Yeah, yeah, he says, uh, he says, I'm about a hair away from not caring, but, but Daniel, Daniel can't be court-martialed. It's sick. And I love that little, the subtle eye widening just rolling up a hand going, oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah, that's like, right. Hammond forgot. <laughs> Daniel goes to tell Omak about, uh, basically that, hey, uh, we, we don't approve of what the NID is doing, but it's another side of the government. We can't do anything about it, but we don't want you to be taken by them, so we're going to do whatever we can to get you out. We do know one race that you would actually approve of, but we have no way of getting in contact with them ourselves. And he, he, and... The guy's like, well, what do you mean? And he does, like, a really quick synopsis of, well, they kind of fell about us, how you feel about us. They said yeah, we weren't. We were very young. Yeah, we were very which, young. And I like how he throws it real quickly, which is a much nicer way of saying primitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's like, but I was kind of hoping you'd be able to contact them somehow. And at first I'm like, you just want to see our technology again. And Dana's like, no, I, don't, I just want you to be able to leave. That being said, we will need your technology to contact them. What? So he, like, does, like, you know, a stare down on Daniel. And I like how he, like, walks away to, to think a little bit after like, he like, looks at his he people. Because he can't look at Daniel's face. Yeah, he looks at his people, sees his incentive to potentially yeah, break exactly. some rules, then walks off a little bit, and Nareem is in the background there, you can see him just being like, yeah, this, is, this isn't gonna happen, and that's when Omak says yes. his, give me your hand. And I love Nareem, just his head whipping. what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, yeah, because uh, he was like, well, I'll have to go up to the surface to send the message. And Daniel's like, I have to go with you if you're doing that. And that's when he that's does when, the whole... That's when Nareem's like, well, there's the end of that. And then he goes, give me your hand. And Nareem goes, what? <laughs> Seriously, it was almost comical, but it was well acted. It was good. No, everyone in this episode is phenomenal. My favorite background airwoman uh, brain. Yeah, Westerholm. I love her. Westerholm. The, oh, her, her moment comes up later. We'll get to it. But, but I was uh, just going to say that, that that scene is also, like, cause we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier with the directing. You know, every time the team is against something, you have these great shots of, like, usually Hammond in the foreground and then them and then all united front behind And then you just have this nice angled him. line of yeah. them, yeah. But this is another great shot because you had Omak and then the two people in the background kind of opposite ends, basically, representing But you could his, still see him weighing. over, you could yeah. still see them over his shoulder yeah. in the distance. Yeah, it was a really, like I said, uh, like I said, it was Garrity, almost like they were the devil and the angel. Garrity mm-hmm. definitely stepped up his game this time. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, so he takes Daniel's hand, turns on his technology, walks through the walls. Gets them up to the surface, and then uh, basically sets this box on the ground and sends a laser light into the sky. And Daniel's kind of like, "Won't that take?" He says something about, um, "I'm not an expert on this, but won't that take like thousands of years to get there?" And he just goes, "Why would it?" And then the rest of us are going, "Because physics." <laughs> like, but shit. Omak doesn't have to do this. This is the most proof that he's been lulled by Daniel. I love this one moment. It's like two minutes long, and this is one of my favorite moments in the entire episode. It's so good because, like, he's been such a dick this whole episode. But these next like two or three minutes when he's talking to Daniel, Mm -hmm. he's patient. He's not condescending. He's just happy that someone has genuine curiosity. Yeah, like he's figured out. Oh. 
I can at least trust you. Yeah, I can talk you to you. You don't have any underlying motivation. That's really what it is. You have no, literally no <laughs> ulterior anything. You are yeah. guileless. He's, that's, what it, that's, that's what it is. Daniel's guileless. This exchange between Omak and Daniel has a lot of the same air as the exchange that Daniel had with the Elder Knox. Yeah. Where it's just this just nice, genuine... It's because Daniel's their conduit. Yeah, it's so good. He's I love conduit. those moments. I love those little connections Daniel makes. Like, it's it's a running joke that Daniel picks up that a girl has a crush on him in every planet or whatever. Everyone gets a crush on him on some Yeah, yeah, I know. But, like, these connections that he makes on these planets with these people, these are the ones that I really love because they're just these quiet, like, genuine exchanges. Yeah. And I just love because he doesn't have to explain this to Daniel right now, but he picks up a branch... And he points at either end, and he's like, these points look very far from each other, right? But what happens if you do this? And he curves the branch and has touches those two points together. And Daniel goes like, oh, oh, I remember this from, from physics class yeah. in college. Um, You're talking about folding space, right? And there's a little bit of a pause where Olaf looks at him, and just very kindly, incredibly kindly, it's very telling because of how much of a dick he's been this whole episode, just so kindly he just goes, no. no. <laughs> No. <laughs> just, I understand why you think yeah, that, but no. Exactly. And then it was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, just, alright. Shit. I tried. <laughs> yeah, I This got isn't it. my area of expertise. Like, I gave it a shot. <laughs> Sam might understand better, but... <laughs> I yeah, can't even Daniel's just, just like, well, whatever. <laughs> I just really... The tone of this guy, this guy playing Omak is just so good. Yeah. Just that delivery, just the... No. <laughs> No, he has a he does a great job with his. Uh, I, I'm always I'm always praising actors for their facial acting, tonal acting. Oh yeah, very his much tone a, is so good in this. Basically, he says, uh, "Let's just hope Tobin you're not." Tobin Bell. His name's Tobin Bell. Oh, I know that name. Saw, the Saw movies. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the bad guy. He's the oh guy who God. creates the Saw movie stuff. That's Tobin Bell. I've never seen Saw, oh, but yeah. still, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's why I love him so much. That's why when I saw this, these are the moments that I'm always saying this proves the show started on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Is because a lot of these actors wouldn't have done a sci-fi show on yeah. like the, on the shitty Seafy channel. Granted, the back then the sci-fi channel wasn't nearly yeah. as bad as it is now, but. Now it's just garbage. Now it's the Seafy channel. It's yeah. stupid. But it was really great back in the day when you had these. A-listers, mm-hmm. maybe, okay, Saw movies aren't A-list, but Tobin Bell is an A-list yeah, actor. Absolutely. To me, he is. And he brings it. He doesn't, like, he doesn't phone in this yeah. episode so at the fact all. They he's got so him, good. Right? And Garvin Stanford, who played Neon Dreams. Like, these yeah. guys are, these are oh, yeah. legit actors. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, he basically ends it by saying, let's hope your Knox friends do understand yeah. this. Uh, and then we go back in, and NID are all ready to, like, uh, He's, like, basically going, okay, well, we're going to take him, blah, blah, blah. He's, like, making his plans for how to take him and everything. And as he's doing this conversation with uh, Hammond, my favorite air woman. <laughs> yeah, Westerholm. Uh, comes up and starts telling Hammond, oh, yeah, the Tolan, they've, they've uh, disappeared. I really wish they'd said, like, again, again. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like just... they disappeared again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she she's, like, basically explaining, yeah, they're, they're, we can't find them, blah, blah, blah. And what I love about it is that I noticed like, what do you mean disappeared? As they're filming her telling this to Hammond, right before it cuts back to Mayborn's reaction, you can just start to see a smile appear on her face. And then later on, um, a a scene, a second later, it goes back to, like, a full-on 
close-up of her. Yeah. And you can see she's fighting, smiling the whole time. She is in on this. She knows it. I love this woman. Yeah. I just love her line where he's like, what do you mean disappear? She goes, like, poof. <laughs> <laughs> and that for me was the other part of that cheeky smile, just her being like, yes. poof, you know, because that's a thing, right? <laughs> so good. But, uh, timing-wise, then they get the alert saying that the gate's been activated and everything, and they go to the the dialing area and they're like why is the blast door down get it up let's so we can see what's going on it's like well the blast door was down so that you couldn't see what's going on it was on purpose but pretend like it was (laughs) i like how hammond's even acting like he doesn't know what's going on it's all just a big production (laughs) yeah it's so good uh they get the blast doors up and you see daniel with all of the tollen in front of the gate that's being dialed through from the other side and uh, Mayborn loses his shit and starts yelling down, like, you'll be court-martialed for this, blah, blah, blah. And Daniel just does this great, like, what? Pantomime. can't hear you and, gesture. Yeah, head behind the ear, just, I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry, what'd you say? And uh, Jack was in the room, right? Because yep. Jack's the one who points us out. He goes, Jeff, Daniel's a civilian. He can't be court-martialed. I also like how you see uh, Teal'c in the background, too, because Jaffa, not part of the military. Exactly. Just the two people who can get mm-hmm. the most away with this. And I do love that Mayborn has that realization of, shit. And, and, oh, and then Jack points out, and, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a civilian law that'll cover this. It's so good. Uh, but, yeah, so... Oh, Sorry, we skipped a t- we skipped a moment. Or did we? Yeah, Nareem giving Sam the device that shares oh, his yeah. feelings. And I made Eric laugh because it's you know it's it, he was wearing every time they talked, and so she gets to feel his emotions, and you can see her filter. She closes her eyes and it filters through them, and all I could think is, oh, so that's what a boner feels like. <laughs> yeah, so that moment happens where they give they have their little goodbye. And while they're having oh, and then they oh, he makes some comment about oh, uh, we have a practice on my planet yeah um to to, to express affection or something affection yeah. without words or whatever yeah. and it's just a kiss yeah and she's like oh yeah we have that one too right. and they're basically just making out or whatever and daniel walks right in on it and just kind of awkwardly in the background like oh uh <laughs> yep and my, my favorite part about it is it's, it's like the one time michael shanks actually tries to do a pronunciation correctly because he very nearly succeeds in not saying sorry <laughs> like the yeah. canadian that he is <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he literally goes, sorry. <laughs> but he basically says, okay, we, it's time. We have to get you out of here. So that's that's what that happens. While being unapologetically happy that his friend got, you know, Yeah, because he was playing wingman earlier. Exactly. He's so. like, yes, action. But then the whole thing with, oh, the total disappearance there, blah, 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 happens. Yeah, right. And then the Knox woman comes through. Yay. And I like uh, Frida Matrani to come back to that because she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, uh, she could hear Mayborn, like, shouting from the, and ordering all of the soldiers to, like, oh, don't let them get away. And, you know, there's soldiers in the gate room with their guns drawn on them and everything. And she gives all of them, like, this really disapproving look and then looks at Daniel and goes, your people haven't changed. Yeah. And he kind of does this, like, shrug, like, Ugh. Yeah, he looks back at them, looks back at her with that look on his face of, like, yeah, I know, right? And then she just gives him this really fond, approving smile and goes, but you have. And it's just really sweet, especially in light, you know, to combine with Omok's just genuine yeah. patience earlier. So it's just, I love the feelings in this episode. Like, the Nox left me feeling frustrated. This one leaves me feeling good. This yeah. episode leaves me feeling good. Because it ultimately has a positive message, which is, mm-hmm. we will always fuck up because that's what humans do, mm-hmm. but it's up to the good ones to make up for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, she, she just does her magic thing to... 
make Mayborn fuck off. Uh, she opens the gate just by waving her arms. Like, yeah. there's no dialing or anything. Like a, she just waves her I, I arms. I call it the Pocahontas move. Yeah. It reminds me of the Pocahontas goodbye thing with the arms. She just kind of, like, and it just Whoa. opens behind her. Just, like, it's already been dialed. Which I would love to figure out how the fuck they get the gate active without the, um... Oh, yeah, the plume. plume. The plume. Yeah, 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 that, you know, that eradicates shit. I'm down. I'm yeah. not saying it's not possible. It's just, it's just a wormhole that you're, you're just using the thing to build the wormhole. But I'd love to know how she just creates the event horizon. I mean, if anybody could, the Nox could. One of the yeah, original just, five. Yeah, I would, four. Four. Third and fifth. Yeah, there we go. But I would just love to know how that works, because that'd be cool. But yeah, so she opens the gate, she disappears all the guns, she makes the Tolan disappear as they're walking through. Yeah, with the cat, by the way. Yes. She, they're taking the cat. Therene's <laughs> taking the cat, but she basically tells Omak before all of this, uh, the Nox would be uh, glad to welcome you yeah. to join us. Basically, like, yeah. You'll be happy with us. I know we look primitive, but she makes it very clear very quickly. Oh, no, no. They're, they're advanced enough. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, actually, like, just, it's, it's just that appraising look of just, yeah, let's get, the, let's get you the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, so she she disappears. Then they go through. Mayborn leaves very unhappy. Yeah. But that's Mayborn in a nutshell. And, uh, I like how towards the end you can hear his almost increasingly, increasing desperation. Yes! And, and that's fine, I've seen this episode a million times, right? But for some reason I always, always, just for a second when he says, wait, just for a second I think he's gonna be like, I have questions. For a second I think he's gonna go more towards the no. good way. No, he's and, an NID. And maybe, maybe that'll explain why he's such a dick about it, but of course, of course, no, no, no. Of course he doesn't, but my brain wants to correct mm-hmm. the asshole-ish to the good. And so for a second I'm always like, Maybe he just really wants to know, but no, he's just nasty. No. <laughs> but so, uh, the episode ends with the NID leaving. Um, yeah. Uh, the team all congregates to the the closed gate yeah, to, the, like, just the wrapping up ceremony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for the closing scene. And they're basically talking about, oh yeah, the government's not going to be pleased with us. And, uh, and Daniel has that has, half smile. Yeah, just because he's just, you know, he had that intent right he now. He had that nice connection with Omak. He had that nice connection with the Knox. He's just had a good day. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for him in this episode. Yeah. But he just kind of looks at the closed gate just with that little, you know, that little half smile and just goes, well, the young do not always do as they're told. Oh, I know. I, I, yeah. And that's how the episode yeah. ends. And it's such a good close. Yeah. I love oh. how Jack connects with him on that one. They're just both just like, yeah. They just like meet eyes and everything. Yeah. Oh. No, it's such a good close because it ties back to the Knox episode and it's just, it's a perfect scene in because that's where it ends. Like the, the camera lingers on them for like five more seconds and then it's out. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the episode. And it's so good. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's a great episode. Yeah. It makes me have all the feels. This is one of the most positive ending episodes we've yeah. had this whole season, it to be honest. It doesn't shy away from how people tend to be. No. But it definitely focuses on the... But thankfully, there's only so much harm the bad the bad ones of us can do, because the good ones will always be mm-hmm. there to, to try and fix things. Yeah. I just... I, I do love this episode. So, uh... None of our team dies. No. Except for those first few Tolan that are already dead when yeah. the show even begins. The episode so begins. they don't count. Yeah. Nobody dies. It's quite nice. So nobody dies. Um, Tuplo's, think... Tuplo's uh, pride took a hit when uh-huh. those fuckers were. Yeah, poor Tuplo. Yeah. He was being so I know, nice. His reaction afterwards it just hurt. I I'm know. Just like, he was just confused. Like, Jeez, man, that was rude. So I think we can both uh, safely give this one a thumbs up. Yeah. Oh yeah, two thumbs, straight up. Oh yeah. 
Well done, Catherine. Well done. Seriously, good job. Great story in general. That's put, all I need. Put this one in your CV. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fudge over the other shit. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jack or Daniel? Okay, you know what? Fine, it's <laughs> different. I'm Daniel in this one. I'm so Daniel. I'm so indignant. We're both Daniel. I'm so indignant for what was Just, being done Especially with the... He's not court. He's not military. Oh, he can't be court martial. I'd be doing. I'd that. be taking advantage of that all I, the only time. Difference is I'd be a little more devious about it. I'd be a little more, a little more of an asshole about it. I'd be like looking at Mabel and going like, "What you gonna do, bitch?" <laughs> I mean, Daniel did anyway. He did the sorry. What? What'd you say? I love that. That was so beautifully sassy. I'd be doing this. <laughs> I'd be using my middle finger to hold my ear, just like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I can't fucking hear you." <laughs> God, this was a great Daniel episode. Yeah. Honestly, Jack was very much a background character. Yeah, he didn't have much of a presence in this one, really. He he was being Jack. Yeah, he was just... very much Jack the whole time, but he didn't yeah. do much not, this not episode. Presence, so. This was a Sam and Daniel episode. Yeah. This was a Sam episode for Nareem, mm-hmm. and it was a Daniel episode for solving things. Yeah. It was a little bit of a Hammond one, too. A little bit, Hammond yeah. was a great yeah. presence yeah, in this one. You can see one. his feelings hurt. Yeah, I think we're, we're both Daniels for this one. It was yeah. super good. Yeah. I loved it. All right, so next week. Next week. Oh, God. What? Next week is Tin Man. Oh, shit, yeah. What have you been mentioning for Heck how long yes. now? <laughs> I love Tin Man. Mostly for what it I means later. That. <laughs> Mostly for what it means later. But, I mean, yeah. Tin Man is a good episode. No, it is just, a good episode, yeah. Just in general. No, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited for uh, Tin Man next week. But, until then. That's a short episode yeah. for us, man. Kitty was even calm. Well, it's like I said at the beginning, like, this episode is very good, Everybody but there's not a lot, there's not a lot of uh, meandering in it. Yeah. It's a very bop, 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 bop kind of episode, which I think is another reason why it's definitely one of Catherine Power's stronger ones. Yeah, when she's up. given time to meander, that's when it gets boring. Yeah. And it kills its holding up power. This brief candle's quite boring, remember? Yeah. No, I remember. Um... <laughs> Uh, Thor's hammer was a good episode, but there were it had stretches. Many, it had too many random things in it, though. Yeah. Like the fun, the fucking. I will never get over the walking along these aqueducts that have no place in anything, yeah. but spark that's so many thing. questions. When she's allowed to meander, that's when the the, the episode suffers. When I, she's allowed to meander, when you've got this nice concise plotline that's stuck yeah, in one place, yeah. she has a very good episode. I don't know who to blame for the aqueducts thing because I think like, that was actually like a permanent fixture. Like, I guess I swear to God. Oh yeah, that was when there. they were scouting. For filming They're just like, oh cool, let's somebody do this. Went, let's just use this, and no one gave a shit no. about what that yeah, could yeah. mean. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think she uh, does her best work when she's stuck in a in like one place. Yeah, uh, when she doesn't have a lot of room to. Yeah, this wasn't a bottle episode, but it had that that feel yeah. kind of, and that's better for her. She she oh, requires yeah. some like definition around the edges yeah, yeah. of where she Absolutely. can write. No, this but was... when she does that, when she's given those parameters. She's amazing. <laughs> the storyline still sparks questions. Mm-hmm. It still makes you think. Yeah. And I think also um, this one didn't require as much uh, discussion about the themes as, like, the Nox one. Yeah. Because of the fact that at the end of the day, the Tolan are human. Mm-hmm. So the the issues being brought up here are very easy to address. Because it's just literally at well, what would we be like in... Yeah, it limits the theoretical. Yeah, and and like I said, we've already talked about a lot of it with the Nox, so yeah. a lot of the hard ground already got covered. But yeah, so I'm not, I'm honestly not surprised this episode was shorter. Yeah. Uh, there was, we didn't not cover anything. Really? It's a good episode. Yeah, and it has an appropriate amount of applied phlebotinum. It's just that it, no, applied phlebotinum. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You don't know what the fuck the, the Tolan are using technology-wise. No, no. But, but it falls within the realms of 
science-y. <laughs> science talk. You know, it has something to talk. do with quantum. Exactly. And it's all you need. Because applied for botany, the best part about it is that it's not unreasonable to assume that it's just this magical kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But could be explainable. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. That's that's it for today. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't think I did. I think I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. So. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at it's Mel, not Liz, and Liz at it's Liz, not Mel, uh, or our podcast Twitter, Point of Origin PC. You can email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of. Actually, you know what? You can put a little box on the ground and send a laser into the sky. Yeah, there you go. Then we'll find it. Yeah, because it apparently doesn't, reach, it doesn't take dozens of years to reach us. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not sure how it reaches us. Apparently, don't fold space, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it gets there. He didn't. He didn't bother to explain. Yeah. I think he figured out Daniel isn't a science boy. I was like, you know what? Just it's not that. <laughs> to be fair, it was enough for Daniel to go. Okay. Yeah, I I tried. <laughs> so yeah, send send us a laser message. There we go. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris this week. And until next time. 